Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Chiona Podcast. It is me, Sarah Sodizi. This episode was not planned. Like, I didn't have these thoughts and ideas and these topics in mind when I was planning to record this week's episode, so just bear with me if it's a little bit all over the place. But I felt that it was only appropriate to kind of reflect a little bit on this topic because... I know that somebody else might be dealing with it and I feel like this is one of the best ways for me to kind of just reflect on on your support systems and how important it is to take care of your mental health and how important it is to to spend time with people that matter to you as much as you can because you truly never know when it'll be the last time that you see them. So, 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 this week, I want to dedicate this episode to the most, one of the most phenomenal women that I've ever known. And we're about to get really personal here, so bear with me. And if you need to pause, I'm going to provide like a trigger warning a little bit because we are going to be talking about some very heavy stuff. But with that being said, as my grandma famously used to say, no seas tan chiona, don't be such a crybaby. So I'm trying to make this an episode where I talk about all the amazing things that my grandma accomplished and all the amazing things that we've been through and talked about and all the, like, the happy stuff. Um, I'm going to try my best to do all of that, but there does need to be a preface in saying like some of the stuff I'm going to talk about might hit you a little bit because I know that you might have dealt with something like this or you might know somebody that's dealing with this. So... I'm just going to disclaim that right there, but I do want to give you a massive hug, a massive virtual hug wherever the heck you are if you are dealing with something like this. I'm not going to say that I know what it feels like because everybody deals with grief and uh, the loss of a loved one very, very differently, but at the same time, I know that you and I are both strong and this is why I want to talk about this because I know that this is going to help me tremendously just to remember all the good things about my grandma. So yeah, let's let's just get started then. All right, so let me just start off by saying, let me just start off by saying, coming to this country is was 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 like a whole roller coaster for my grandparents because first of all, immigrants in this country, like as much as we glorify and we glamorize the fact that Canada is so diverse and everything like that, you have to understand that the institutions that exist within this country are also still very systemically racist. And that is no exception to Latinos at all and, um, and, and Asians. My grandparents wanted their kids to come to this country to have a better life and to pursue higher education. My mom came to this country when she was just a teenager, just so she could go to high school, learn English, and then eventually go to university and, and study even further. And it's interesting to see the parallels between the way that my grandparents instilled all these values into my mom and her siblings, and then it just passed down to us and my siblings and my cousins and things like that, because the one thing that I think I took away more than anything from my grandparents is that they always, always, always wanted me to achieve higher when it came to academics and and school and things like that. And at first, I remember when I was struggling in the eighth grade and my parents were like, I don't know what we're going to do with you because you clearly don't care about school. Like, it was a really rough point in my life. But I remember there came a time where I was talking to my grandfather about this and he said, 
what's the point of all the sacrifices that all these people are making if you're just going to throw it away? And that really stuck with me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, yo, like my grandfather was very, very honest and straight to the point, like very much like that. So when I thought about that, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, it started to make me feel, I don't know, like feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm throwing my education away. Like, what am I doing? Like I had like a quarter, I don't even know how you would say it, like a quarter life crisis, uh, some sort of crisis when I was like 13. Where I was thinking, I was like, you're right. Like I'm throwing this all away and it's all because people don't believe in me, but I'm going to show them, I'm going to prove them wrong. And my grandma more than anybody else, like anybody else told me like, Miha, whatever it is that you want to study, go for it. If you realize that you don't like it, you can change your mind. You have, you have every right to change your mind and decide to do something else. She was one of the only people that would tell me that because everybody else was like, oh, like you have to do this or you have to do this. Because again, like a lot of, a lot of what's happened in my life is very much based around other people as using other people as examples. I have a plethora of cousins that are older than me and as a result I had a lot of people to look up to and had a lot of expectations to either be just like them or surpass them in some way and so my grandma though she was one of those kinds of people that was very much she didn't have those like very strict expectations of me she said you know what if you want to pursue this go for it and if it doesn't work out you can find something else like you can do something else and that's funny because that's kind of what happened when it came to applying for universities and picking out which program I wanted to do because I told her that I wanted to be a journalist at first and she was like oh like that's really exciting and she was really encouraging about that and she said okay like try it out see if you like it and then literally the last second I was like no I don't want to do journalism I want to do psychology so I went to school for psychology for the first two years and she asked me how it was going her and I would talk on a regular basis she asked me how it was going and I was like oh well mom it's okay I guess like I I, I mean like I'm trying my best blah, blah 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 and she said okay well I hope you're doing okay like you know if you need anything always very much like if you need anything just let me know And so the two years of psych program came and went. I already talked about this in another podcast, but if you want to listen to that, you can listen to that. But briefly, I'll summarize is essentially I was doing poorly, like terrible in that program. Like I'm talking like basically almost flunking. And I didn't want to tell my grandma because I was so disappointed. I didn't want to tell my parents because I was so disappointed, but eventually I did. And I said, you know, I don't think this is for me because I'm not doing well in it and I want to switch. And so my grandma was like, what do you want to switch to? And I said, I was like, I don't know yet. And she said, oh, okay, well, do you think you want to take a break and then go back to school? And I said, I was like, no, because then I feel like that would have been a waste of mom and dad's money because they're the ones that are paying for school. So what do I do? And she was like, well, I mean, just try and see if there's some way you can maneuver and figure out what you like. And maybe if there is something that you like within the classes that you were already taken you can find something in that so I dug around I searched around and I ended up getting my degree in sociology after I switched into the sociology program I did phenomenally like it was just a complete 180 and I told my grandma about it and she didn't know what sociology was it's just funny because I had to explain it to her and every time I, I I would tell her what degrees I have she'd be like what is that I have to re-explain it to her but yeah so she but she was she was really excited about the fact that I had found something that I really love to do and I remember she this was this was the first time the first time was in grade 12 after my grandfather had passed away it was the year my grandfather had passed away and I I graduated from grade 12 and my mom and my grandma came to my graduation. My dad couldn't make it because he had a wedding to go to in in Florida for 
his sister's son or my cousin so he couldn't make it but my grandma came and she asked me she's like I hope it's okay that I came instead of your dad because I know you wanted your dad to be here and I said mom I call her mom I said mom it means the world to me that you're here because I know that you of all people are the are, 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 are you know the ones who who has pushed me to to go further and my grandma also told me, she said, I know that your grandfather would have been so proud that you're going to university now and I couldn't be more excited for you. And she wrote me a really nice card and that was the first graduation that she attended. After that, she attended every single one after that. So she <laughs> she attended my undergraduate graduation and I'll tell you a funny story about this, okay? So this is just a reflection of how crazy my Mexican family is because yo like you could be sitting in a bleacher full of thousands and thousands of people and it can be dead silent but you'll be able to hear my family so as all the graduates are walking down and getting onto the stage like just starting the ceremony like nothing has even happened yet no degrees have been handed out nobody's been introduced nothing we're all just walking and the auditorium is silent it's dead silent and as we're all walking like people are waving and trying to be quiet and taking pictures and things like that and as soon as my family so my grandma my mom my dad and my brother are in the, like as soon as they see me walking in my grandma stands she gets up on her feet and my mom gets up on her feet and they start yelling like screeching and yelling and the audience turns and starts figure trying to figure out who the hell is making all this ruckus and this hullabaloo and they notice it's my mom and my grandma like yelling and I'm like oh my god and I'm so embarrassed at this point because they're the only ones that are yelling and then other people start laughing and cheering and oh my gosh it just turns into a whole like it turns into a whole thing and I was so embarrassed but at the same time I was like leave it to my grandma leave it to my grandma to be making all of this noise in front of everybody and it's funny because after that after they did that whenever other people's kids started walking in other people started doing that and then after the ceremony was over we went to go have dinner afterwards my grandma mentioned that she's like yeah ves, everyone followed me after I did that I started it first though when I saw you it was so funny but <laughs> she was that type of person. She was very much that type of... My Mexican family altogether, they're very much those type of people that will be the loudest and the proudest and the most colorful in the room. <laughs> I guess that's just how we are. But we all get it from my grandma, who was like the original crazy lady. So yeah, she came to my undergraduate graduation. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we couldn't do like a... Um, ceremony for my master's degree but she also congratulated me on that and actually she this woman she sent me a whole bunch of money because she thought that I was going to be like leaving my house or something like that or like I was going to move away and I said no mom like I'm staying here like everything's fine and she said oh so you're not going somewhere else for like school or anything like that I was like oh well mom like I, I wanted to tell you something and I wanted to know what your thoughts would be and she said okay and so I sat her down and we were talking, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I was like, well, now that I'm done my master's degree, I'm probably going to go to school for maybe five more years. And she said, what? She, she looked me dead in the eye and was like, what? 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 But I already, I thought you already finished. Like, I thought that was it. And I was like, no, mom, because after you finish your master's degree, you have the option of carrying on and doing your doctorate degree which is like basically your life's work, like the things that you are super, super passionate about and you've built upon in your previous degrees. 
And she didn't understand me because she thought that I was just going to be a doctor, like a medical doctor. And so she was like, wait, but I thought you were studying this. Like you th I thought you were studying things that have to do with like kids and child welfare and stuff. So she started naming all these things. And I was quite impressed because to be honest with you, this lady would forget all the time what I was studying. But at that moment, when I told her all about that, she was confused because she was like, no, didn't you tell me that you wanted to be like a prof or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. You remember all this? Okay, all right, I see you. And so it's funny because I had to explain to her, I'm like, no, 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 not that kind of doctor, mom. It would be like a doctor of philosophy, which basically means like a person that is specializing in a certain topic or a certain a certain area of study. So for example, if you have a philosophy of, or a doctorate of philosophy in medicine, that does make you a medical doctor, right? Because it it says that you specialize in medicine. But for example, if I were to get a doctorate in child and youth studies, that'd be a different thing. That would mean that I specialize in stuff having to do with children and youth. So having to differentiate that was really funny because she didn't understand at first, but then she got it afterwards. She's like, oh, okay. So it means that you're an expert at this. I was like, yes, that's exactly what it means. And so she said, five more years, why do you need five more years to do that? And she was just so interested in learning more about why I wanted to continue all of this, even though I had been in school for what felt like an eternity and still feels like an eternity, mind you. But <laughs> I said, I was like, well, mom, I find myself really, really passionate about this topic because when I was doing my master's degree, which I'll tell you more about actually, because there are stories affiliated with that. But I said, when I was doing my master's degree, I found myself like really getting interested in research and learning more about, you know, how our society helps children in need, especially the kids that, you know, aren't really, aren't really looked at all that much or aren't really looked after. And I think that that's super important because if I could contribute something to that, then I think, I think that'll be, that'll be really good, especially, and I told her this, I was like, especially because you always used to tell me never to stop, never to give up and never to stop when it comes to my education. And she's like, and I was right, wasn't I? Like she liked, she liked to be that type of person that was always right. She's very stubborn. So she used to say, she's like, and I was right. See, see what I mean? When you go further, see what, see what I mean? But she said to me, she's like, Miha, if you want to do school for five more years, go for it, do it. If it's going to get you a better career and if it's going to get you ahead in life, do it. And that just like that conversation hits me so differently now because, you know, now that she's no longer with us, I think more than ever, I have that kind of just playing on repeat in my mind, that conversation on repeat where she said, Miha, like I support you and, you know, if you want, if this is something that you want to do, go for it. Achieve higher. If you want to achieve higher and you want to do something amazing with your life, do it. And like, I think it also resonates with me so well because lately I've been having a lot of trouble trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life because it's, it's a little bit of a jarring question or like a very ex as existential question where you're like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And even still, I don't need to have it figured out right now. I don't. And I probably won't ever have it figured out. But I was struggling a lot with the idea of like, do I want to go back to school? Do I really want to do that? Or do I really want to do this? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that conversation about how sure I was and how much I really love to do research in this area and how much I really just love to learn more about it. And I felt like, dude, I still have so much left to learn when it comes to not only just this, but in life in general. 
And I don't know, it just, it strikes me as something where it's like, okay, now I know for sure, like, that's something that I want to do. Maybe not necessarily in the near future, but it is still something that I very much want to do. And I'm going to hold that close to my heart forever. Okay, so interestingly enough, you know how I was mentioning the fact that she, she was there for, or she was, she thought like I was going to go away for like my master's degree or whatever, or like once I finished my master's degree, I was going to move away for whatever reason. I don't know why she thought that, but she did. But it's funny because she was pretty much like one of the very few people that kind of saw how hard I worked my butt off other than my partner, other than my parents, you know, like other than those people, my grandma is one of the very few people that saw how grueling and how much I worked my butt off to get my master's degree because here's what it was. So my school was all the way downtown and my grandma also lived downtown not too far from there and sometimes when I'd have to commute I would have to commute really really late at night because my class would finish really late and sometimes I would stay behind to work on papers assignments things like that right and so my grandma had offered to my parents and said hey if Sarah needs to stay behind late and you don't want her to come all the way back home she can come stay with me and my parents were like you know what that's a good idea because at the time she was living by herself and they needed somebody to kind of just keep an eye on her every once in a while so you know sometimes twice a week three times a week once a week I would stay over at my grandma's house so that I could you know commute easily from her house to my school and so (laughs) I remember she always used to she always 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 even though I insisted her not to she always used to wait for me at the subway station when I would be coming back from school, no matter what time it was. Like, I remember I came home almost at like 11 o'clock because I was working on something or I had something going on. I don't remember what exactly it was. But I told her, I was like, mom, stay at home. Like, I'll grab something for, I'll grab something to eat really quick and, and then I'll, I'll meet you at the house. And she goes, she's real slick, eh? Because she lied to me. She was like, yeah, 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 mija. Like, I'll wait for you at my house. And I was like, okay. So then I texted her when I was getting on the subway and then when I was getting off. So I texted her, I said, I'm like, hey mom, like I got off the subway, like I'm coming to the house now. So I'll be there in about like 10 minutes. Cause it was like maybe like a 10, 15 minute walk to my grandma's house from the subway. So it wasn't that long anyways, right? But this woman, this woman didn't reply to my text message. So I was like, okay, like that's a little weird. Maybe she fell asleep. That's honestly what I thought. I go up the stairs to get out of the subway. She's standing right there. She's standing right there. And I was like, excuse me. And she's like, yes. Like she like looks at me with those, with this like expression on her face. Like, uh, yeah, duh, I'm waiting here. And I was like, excuse me, what are you doing here? And she goes, and she goes, pues, esperándote a ti. What, what do you mean? Like I was waiting for you. And I was just like, no freaking way you were waiting here for me this whole time. And she said, well, you texted me when you were getting on the subway. So I just estimated how long it would take for you to get from point A to point B. But I've been waiting here for you so that we could go home together. And like, guys, guys, this is what I mean when I tell you that my grandma's very stubborn because I tell her to do something and she wouldn't do it. Like I would, I fully told her, I was like, stay at home. I will be there very, very soon. You don't have to worry about me. But this is just how she is. She very much just marches to the beat of her own drum and doesn't listen. And lo and behold, she was waiting for me at the subway and she asked me if I had eaten already. And actually, I was just watching Coco the other day, which is our favorite movie. I actually watched it with her for the first time um, when it came out. And there was a scene in that movie where Miguel's grandma... If you haven't seen it, please watch it because 
it's amazing. But there's a scene where Miguel's grandma is feeding everybody. And <laughs> she says... <laughs> She says to Miguel, she says, oh my gosh, you look so skinny, please eat more. And then Miguel says, no, ma no mom, like, I I'm good, I'm good, I I'm, I'm actually pretty full. She turns to him and says, uh, no, I thought you, like, I thought I asked you if you wanted more tamales, which is my grandma's specialty. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I guess so. Like, very half-heartedly, is just like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And then his grandma goes, ah, that's what I thought you said. And she, like, starts feeding him, like, a million other ta um, tamales and stuff like that. And that scene just reminded me of this because when we got out of the station, she asked me if I was hungry. And I said, no, mom, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she said, uh, no, wrong answer. I'm asking you, did you eat? And I said, I was like, yeah, I did. But, you know, like, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, ya tengo algo en la casa preparado, blah, 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 blah. She says, translation, I already have something prepared at home, so it doesn't matter. And, like, this is what I mean. You tell her one thing, you tell my grandma one thing, and then another thing comes out. Like, she would just be like, okay, like, that's nice that you said that, but I don't care. Like, that. <laughs> That was very much her type of, like, that was very much her type of mentality. And I'll never forget, like, those sleepovers that I would have with her while I was working my butt off. And she saw that. She always used to say that. She was like, Ay, mijita, estás tan enfocada en tu carrera. Like, you don't have time for anything else. And she, the translation, you're so focused on your career, you don't have time for anything else. And, like, low-key, that was kind of true. Because, like, for those of you that know me, my work ethic is ridiculous. And sometimes I really just don't know when to stop. But... My grandma saw it more, more times than most people did when I was working on my degree that I'd be working on a paper or that I'd have, you know, certain things to finish at school and everything like that. And even still, when I wasn't staying over at her house, I, she would text me and be like, oh, like, what are you working on? She'd just be very curious and like, you know, check in on me, which is really nice because like I said, there's, there's sometimes where you don't have as big of a support system when it comes to the things that you want to pursue because let me be real here is a lot of people ask me why the heck are you still going back to school like why don't you set Ugh, it just grosses me out thinking about this but people said why don't you just settle down find a nice guy marry him and then that's it you know like a lot of times i i started to doubt myself a little bit because not to say that that's a bad thing or anything like that but i saw like a lot of my friends or you know, friends of friends or even family members, that that's what they did. They, you know, they finished school and then they found a guy to marry and then they had his kids and then that's basically it. And their lives are perfectly great. And I'm not dogging on anybody that does that. But at the same time, having that be the standard was something that I struggled with a lot because it's like, um, no, I don't really think that I want to do that. Like, I don't want to just be known as somebody's wife. Thank you very much. Like, I think... Again, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what if that's the life that you want, then by all means, go for it, honey. But for me, like I I hated the fact that that was just like the expectation and the standard, but my grandma was not like that. She very much would bother me all the time and be like, "I mija, like where is your boyfriend at? Where when am I going to meet your boyfriend? When am I going to meet your boyfriend?" and things like that. She always used to bother me about that. Don't get it twisted. But she never used to say to me that that was a bigger priority to make over school and my career. Never once did she say that. Never once. And like I said, that's something that I held very, very tightly to. And that's why her and I, I think, were very, very close because she always believed in my dreams. And I know for a fact that even now that, you know, she's not around anymore, I know that she still does. And I promised her, I promised her, I promised her that I would finish i would finish and i would 
pursue that degree. And I know, like I, like I mentioned before, it's not going to be in the near future. Who knows if it's in the near future? But I know that someday I will. And she'll be proud of me. I know she will. Okay, one last thing. I guess this is kind of just like a whole set full of memories that I do have with her. Because every week when she was living on her own, I used to visit her with my mom on her days off and on my days off because at the time I was working in retail so I could really just book any days off that I wanted to and I could go with my mom and we can go visit my grandma. My grandma was known for very very (laughs) for a lot of things for a lot of things but whenever we would go out we always used to do two things. We would go somewhere to eat always go out to eat we would never really stay in the house to eat we would always go out to eat and we would always go window shopping and Oh my goodness, my grandma is very much the type of person where if you even for a second glanced at something and you really like something, she would force you to try it on and she would buy it for you. Like it wouldn't be any questions asked. Like she would go out of her way to go and buy these things for you, even if you just like showed like the slightest bit of interest in it. So every time that <laughs> every time that we would go out, we would go out to eat, she'd always offer to pay. Even if you fought her like tooth and nail, you would fight her, fight her. And she would say, no, I'm paying for it. And you really had to be prepared to get your debit card out before her because she would yank the machine away from you as you're trying to pay or even pull. I remember one time she pulled out my card when we went out for when we went out for sushi one night. She pulled out my card and the waiter standing there. She pulls on my card from the machine and it's like, no, I'm paying for it. And she inserts her card and I start trying to take the machine away and she hits my hand and is like, don't you dare. She starts yelling at me in the middle of the restaurant, mind you. Starts yelling at me. She's like, don't do that. And I was like, okay, fine. You know what? Fine. I'm not going to fight you. There's no point. But it would be things like that where we go out to eat. She always wanted to pay for us. And she always also knew like some of the best spots to eat at when it came to wherever we were like I remember my parents my parents went to visit the east coast with my brother and my sister and I was home alone in the house and she said hey like if you want we can hang out like let's go get something to eat and I was like okay fine like I'll meet up with you where are you and she told me which subway station she was at so then we met up there and we got off and I hadn't really been familiar with that area because usually when I go visit her I would go visit her in her area so I knew the spots around there but this wasn't in an area I was like I wasn't like super familiar with but she apparently was because she was like okay so we can go to this place we can go to this place this place this place google maps who like I didn't need to search anything up because this woman was like oh like está unas cuadras para allá blah 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 it's only a few blocks from from here da, 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 da. she always just used to know like which places to go and eat at and like oh my gosh that one time when we went to go and get tacos um when my parents were away and my brother and sister were away and I was just home alone in the house that one night when I when I went out with her oh my gosh those tacos were so freaking good I don't even know if that place is still around anymore otherwise I would recommend it and I would give it a shout out but uh yeah I it was so great like I I still still to this day I'm just like how did she like know in every single spot that she was in she always just knew like really good places to eat especially in Chinatown too she always used to her and my grandfather used to know the best spots to go and eat Chinese food and when we would go to we would always go to this one restaurant in Chinatown if you're from Toronto and you know what the Sky Dragon is hello hi we always used to go there for Chinese New Year 
And that place, yo, like that place is my childhood. I I don't even remember like how long we'd been going there. I'm pretty sure my parents had been going there since before I was even born. I don't know, but like that place just holds like a very special place in my heart. And yeah, so on top of just going out to eat all the time, we always used to go window shopping. And like, again, like I said, if you showed the slightest bit of interest in something, she'd always offer to buy it for you, even though like it wasn't that deep. I remember she bought me my first pair of Converse. There used to be, okay, this is another story. So there used to be this shoe store that was nearby her house. It was a couple blocks away from the subway. And we always used to pass by it and we always used to window shop and I always used to be like, mom, those shoes are so great. I still have them, by the way. They're on my shoe. They're in my shoe closet. Um, so I was like, I was like, mom, oh my gosh, those shoes are so sick, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, really? You like them? And they were, I'll never forget, they're bright red Converse, like the classic bright red Converse. And I was like, they look so cool. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I want to get a pair when I have a job and save up enough money. I want to say I was like in the ninth grade, in 10th grade, maybe 10th grade. And, and I was like, oh, when I finally get a job, like I'll be able to buy them and this and that. And she was like, okay, like whatever. But we always used to just like stop and look because there also used to be like a Greek pastry place right by it. And so we would just pass by there before we went to go get Greek pastries. And so I remember, I think it was, I want to say it was my birthday or I don't even remember what the occasion was. It was some sort of occasion. And so my grandma and I finally went inside that shop and we asked the guy, oh, hey, do you have like those red Converse? Do you have them in her size? And so we got, we, we, we went to check what size there was in Converse and I tried on different pairs and stuff like that. And I ended up really liking the red ones. And so my grandma bought me those red pair of Converse and I still have them to this day. And like, <laughs> it's funny because like, I think that was like one of the only times that I had genuinely been like, okay, like, yes, you can buy it for me because other times I was like, hell no, like you're not buying anything for me because she would always offer and I had to always decline. Otherwise my mom would yell at me. So like, <laughs> I think that was like one of the very, very, very few times that I had genuinely accepted something from her that came out of like a good place you know like she saw that every time we passed by this store she always saw that I wanted those shoes and so eventually we finally did go there and we got the shoes and I still have them to this day and I hope I never get rid of them because they're associated with her yeah the other thing that we always used to look forward to whenever we'd go visit my grandparents was video games and Blockbuster. Okay, so near her house, they're also... See, I'm talking about her house as if it were like this magical place that has literally everything. It has like restaurants, it has like a shoe place, it has like the subway, it has all of these things so accessible to it. But I promise you, like going there on Sundays when I was a kid, because we used to go every, pretty much like every other Sunday after church, we used to go to my grandparents' house because it was close by to our church. And so, well, not close by, but it was still within the same like area, I guess you could say. So we used to go all the time on Sunday and we would come in our church clothes, we'd come to my grandparents' house, we'd go to eat. Usually we would go to like Swiss Chalet or we would go somewhere nice because my parent, my grandparents love to go out to eat. So we would go somewhere nice and then we would come back to their house and we would play video games or we would watch a movie that we rented from Blockbuster. My grand parents always used to take us to the blockbuster near their house and we would just like pick out whichever movies we wanted or sometimes my grandparents they used to I don't know where they got these from but they used to 
they used to get all of these pirated DVDs and they had like a whole full collection of them. And this is when DVDs were just starting to become a thing. Yes, I'm old. Hello. And so we were all really excited. And we're like, oh my gosh, we get to put the DVDs in the DVD player. This is sick, blah, blah, blah. And it used to be like a whole thing. We used to get like hella excited. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about the video game thing. Okay, so my grandparents had a Super Nintendo at their house, and that was the first instance that I had ever played any sort of video game ever in my lifetime, and oh my goodness, my grandma is so unbelievably smart, so unbelievably smart, that she showed us different moves and different tricks on how to play Super Mario on Super Nintendo, okay? So for those of you that have played it before, you know when when Mario becomes big enough that when he gets a cape... Or when he gets the feather, it turns into a cape. My grandma was the one that showed us, taught us, that if you hold a certain button and you make <laughs> and you make Mario run as fast as he can and jump up, the cape turns into like a parachute that you can kind of like like jump around in and collect coins at the top in the sky with. And also, she taught us that if you run if you run fast enough and make his cape into like a little parachute thing, you can find like a little area that you bump up and you can climb up the little stem thing that goes into the clouds and gives you more coins. Like this woman, genius genius because it was just the most monumental thing that we had ever seen like us as little kids like i'm talking like i was like maybe like seven seven years old seeing this like my grandma video game extraordinaire like figured these things out just like somehow she's very smart when it came to things like that not just like video games though i think it all when it also came to actually actually that just reminds me my grandma's the one that got me into sudoku and um word search puzzles because I, when I was growing up, I always found myself like really bored with like things very, very easily. And sometimes to just occupy my mind, my grandma would do Sudoku puzzles with me. And we used to get them in, or like, I'm pretty sure they're still in the newspaper, but who really reads the newspaper anymore? But we, we would get them in the daily newspaper, the Sudoku puzzles. She used to give me pens. She didn't do it in pencil. Guys, she didn't do them in pencil. She would do them in pen sudoku in pen she would give me a pen so that i could work on it and try and figure it out but sometimes i couldn't but she taught me how to do it she was the one that taught me how and i remember one time when i came to visit her she bought me like two books like two jumbo sized books of sudoku because she knew that i was learning how to do it and like again like these just like little things these little things that grandparents do for you are just so are just so important and you know, I feel like now as I'm reflecting on them, they're things that, you know, I had completely stored in my memory, in the back of my memory, and now that they're coming out, like, I can appreciate them so much more, you know? But yeah, I just want to say, like, as this last little bit, if you are somebody that's dealing with, you know, the loss of a grandparent, a parent, a friend, family friend, whoever the heck it may be, I know that it's difficult and it's hard for us to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and to think, like, okay, they're gone. So like, what am I going to do now? And I'm going to be honest, like that's kind of how I'm feeling right now because my grandma was one of my best friends and she was living with me for a while. She was living with me, what, this past year since October. And, you know, it had its challenges and it had, you know, its ups and downs and things like that. But at the end of the day, I just became so used to saying good morning to her every day and asking her like, hey, like, let's go and eat dinner together. Let's watch this movie together and stuff. You know, like you, you get so used to one thing that when it changes abruptly, you kind of don't really know what to do with yourself. So, I mean, like, I know, 
I, I, I know that it's hard right now and I know that it's hard to see a life without them. But like I just did right now, like I think I'm just going to hold on to the really great memories that I do have of her and just keep them close to my heart because that's what's keeping me going and that's what's keeping me from breaking down. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I hope that... I hope that you can find comfort in just remembering the good things about the person that you lost or the good things about the person that's no longer around anymore. Because I don't think that it only applies to some, some, like some situations when, you know, like somebody's passed, passed away, but I think it's, it can also apply to certain situations where, you know, you don't see that person anymore or, you know, you don't know what's going on in their lives anymore because you know you guys have lost contact or something you know sometimes it's really hard for us to move forward and sometimes it's really hard for us to kind of envision like what the heck am I going to do without this person but I think when it comes to at least my situation again like I really just want to focus on all of the good things and all of the wonderful memories that I got to have because I know not everybody is blessed to grow up with their grandparents for as long as I have especially so I'm going to hold tight to all of those memories and <laughs> and think about them every once in a while and just remember how good it was to have her in my life and have her be a very big part of my life and have a significant contribution to all the things that I've done and I'm planning to do within my life. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed and you laughed, you cried. Please, again, as my grandma always used to tell me, and I'm going to tell you, no seas tan chillon, chillona, whoever you are, try to remember that there's good things that you have with a person that you care about and there's good memories to have and there's things that you can be very thankful for at the same time when you are handling something and you are feeling like you're suffering with with something very very difficult i will see you guys hopefully next week if not please just try to be mindful of the fact that i am trying to deal with this as best as i can and i know it sounds like it sounds like from from your perspective it probably sounds like oh like yo she's not like crying or she's not like this or she's not like that y'all gotta understand something y'all gotta understand something everybody deals with grief very, very differently. You know what I mean? Everybody deals with things very differently. So don't get it twisted. There is still a lot going on in my life and I still need to get that sorted out. But like I mentioned in the previous episode, I feel like doing this and reflecting on a lot of things that have gone on in my life, it's going to help not only me, but it's going to help out another person. And that to me is, is it, it, it's healing in its own way. But yeah, if you have something that you want me to talk about or if you have something that you want to recommend to me, then by all means, my Instagram is currently disabled right now because I just needed a break, but it will be back. And I want you guys to look at the book recommendations that I'm making because they are very important. And I feel like we definitely need more Latino authors and writers and stories being told. So I'm definitely going to be recommending more of that. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week, hopefully. If not, I'll see you when I see you. Okay, bye.